Well, we come today to the uh, uh, final chapter in John's first epistle. And this is the the fifth Sunday. Uh, The fifth Sunday we've been looking at John's uh, letter. How many of you have done all five? Oh, some of us have. Four? Three? Two? One? None. Oh, good. So we had. But for those of you who've done all, all, um, all five, and for those who haven't, um, we've been seeing how the, the, the great themes of truth and love, of belief and behavior, all blend together over and over again. This morning, I'm going to focus simply on the first five verses of that passage that Judy's just read to us. It's on page 260 in church Bibles if you choose to, uh, to follow from there. Uh, and we're, As we look at those five verses, we're looking first of all at what I would call is sound doctrine. I hope you know what that means. We're looking at sound doctrine. We're looking at how love and obedience uh, come about as a result of this belief and faith. And how faith overcomes the world and is the key to victory and living life to the full. That's what we're going to do then I'm then going to do it, and then I shall sum it up again at the end to make sure you've picked up all the various points. Okay? So, uh, you know, John actually has written about all this. Did you note in verse... uh, Perhaps you didn't take it in, but in verse 13, um, he says, John has written all of this who believe in the Son of God so that we may know that we have eternal life so that we may know that we have eternal life. Does it make a difference if we know? Of course it does. If we know and believe, our lives are transformed and we live differently. Okay, let's get going. Sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Look at verse 1. It says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Son of Christ has been born of God. Born of God. This is divine birth, isn't it? The Holy Spirit moves in the individual, in you, in me, and it comes to the point when he or she says, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. And in that moment, experiences being born again into the kingdom of God as a child of our Heavenly Father. This is not just sort of a a, a mental exercise and, mm, yes, this is what I'm, I'm doing. No, it's a committal of one's life to Jesus Christ, as we say, I believe, a committal to him 
as the Christ, the Messiah, who rescued us as our Savior for eternity with him. Do you know, over the years, I've met more than a few, and it's invariably at the time of a funeral, uh, who claim, oh, they tell me, the family tell me, ah, the deceased was such a good person. Uh, you know, went to Sunday school 70 years ago, was in the choir, never did anyone any harm. Ah, she's in heaven now. No mention at all of faith or belief. And these folk quite clearly feel that that's all that matters. There's nothing, there's no, no mention of faith or belief. No, no idea at all doesn't come into the equation. There's nothing that I can do uh, or say to the deceased, but I have to minister wisely and sensitively to that family. You see, they need to know that a person becomes a Christian, born again and saved for eternity, when he or she believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And how we need all of us to share this good news. You know, the, it's the go I, I love that phrase, the gospel in a nutshell, in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that everyone, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. I wonder if you all got that verse on the tip of your tongues, that you could say that and quote that to anybody. Come on, together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. You know, Ian has chosen the heading for today's service, what we all need to hear. What we all need to hear. Indeed, this is what everyone needs to hear. And we mustn't shirk our responsibility, each one of us, and our calling, which is to tell others that believing that Jesus is the Son of God that which transforms our daily life and our eternal destiny. And that's the sound doctrine that John is putting across here. Love. You know, our faith, our belief, our trust should and must lead to love. If our faith doesn't do that, it points to a faith that's pretty meaningless. And love that is not based on faith is probably fairly powerless. Paul underlines this. Oh, I, I'm fascinated when I, I looked this up. Paul underlines this in his letter to the Ephesians and the Colossians. Both times, he says, take note, I've heard about your faith, he says, in the Lord Jesus, and now your love for all the saints, right into the church in Colossus. We always thank God when we pray for you because we've heard about your faith 
and now of the love that you have for fellow believers. Are you with me? And with him? Faith and love. Faith and love, like twin pillars on which our true Christian experience rests. And love seen as the main hallmark of our faith. We love God. And look, verses 1 and 2, as it goes on, and everyone who loves the parent, God our Father, loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God. You see, if we've been truly born of God, we will love him. And not only so, we will love his children as well. And we love because God first loved us. And Jesus expressed this so clearly and simply when he said, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love. And he goes on about obedience. Look at verse 2 again. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. You see, the outcome of our faith, our belief, is our obedience to God's commandments. All who are truly, truly saved will be characterized by a desire to do the will of God. Our love for him is expressed in willing obedience to his commands. I'm sure you'll recall how Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Let's pause there for a moment. You know, I, I, I was looking back at God's commandments, and not just the, the ten on those stone tablets, not just the abbreviated ones, love God and love your neighbor, there are a whole host of them, aren't they? As we read through scripture, oh, things like, abide in me as I abide in you. Love your enemies. Go and make disciples. I could carry on with a whole list of them. Someone referred to all these things as polite suggestions from God. Rubbish. These are commanding orders from God. And for us believers, his children, commanding orders, we don't just respond to them as a matter of moral duty in obeying a law. Oh, but we respond with a desire to please our dear loving Father, loving and loved. We want to obey and John goes on to write and say for the love of God is this that we obey his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome don't think I'll ever stop to think about that but his, his, they're not burdensome I, I was reading David Jackman's commentary on this particular passage and I picked this up when he says God's commands are no more burdensome than wings are to a bird. 
They are the means by which we live in freedom and fulfillment, just as God intended us to do. How true, what a reminder. They are the means by which obeying his commands, they are the means by which we live in freedom and fulfillment, as God intended us to do. Remember, too, how our Lord Jesus told us, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yes, because Christ's commands are for our good. They are the maker's instructions, perfectly designed to meet our needs. David in Psalm 19 reminds us that in keeping Christ's commands, there's great reward. How true that is. For as we obey his commandments, he gives us strength to do what he's commanded and to love as a function of God's will. You know, we, we, we live, as we all well know, in an increasing secular society with much that tries to drag us away from God and from what is eternal, seeking to occupy us with what is temporary and sensual. There's a prevailing fashion, isn't there? People saying, ah, if it feels good, then that's what we do. Thank God that we have other criteria by which to judge our behavior. We are his children, and in our love for him, our dad, may we all be people who openly and unashamedly obey his commandments. Come on, let's move on. Verses 4 and 5. For what, oh, I'm going to read it to you. For whatever is born of God conquers the world. For whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? He's good at repetition, John, isn't he? (laughs) Keeps on thumping the same point. Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Yes, he's proclaiming this powerful truth that whatever has been born of God overcomes the world. Those who are walking in the light, loving God and loving one another, are born of God, and because they've been born of God, they have overcome the world. Yes, it's repetition. And then John sort of zeroes in on exactly why we have conquered the world, and he says, it is our faith. I picked up um, a song in, in one of the books, called Faith is the Victory, Uh, just a few lines from it. Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers, rise against the foe in veils below, let all our strength be hurled. Faith is the victory we know that overcomes the world. Yes, with faith in Christ, we overcome the sinfulness of the world. We defeat the evil in the world and achieve victory through our faith in Jesus. In and through Christ, 
we are able to shift our affections away from the world and onto the Lord Jesus himself. We're able to overcome sin. We're able to overcome Satan. We can be victorious over the temptations, the weaknesses and sins in which we so easily get entangled. We can overcome all of them through our faith in Jesus and all that Jesus has done for us. You see, it's not just a matter of saying, I'm going to do better in the future, and I must try harder. No. We don't succeed in fighting Satan by ourselves. But the more that we love the Lord, all the more does that love move us away from the love of the world. In that richer and increasing love for him, we transfer our affections and our passions to him away from the world. And we conquer the world through our faith, through that faith that joyfully embraces and obeys God's command. Essence, through our faith, we are victorious in this life and the life to come. I don't know how many of you listen uh, to Lectio 365. Hands up. Some of you listen to Oh, quite a few of us. That closing prayer each day, that we should live the day to the full, being true to God in every way. We should live the day to the full, being true to God in every way. May that be our prayer as brothers and sisters who believe that Jesus is the Christ, that we've been born of God, that we love God and each other, that we obey his commandments, and that through faith we've conquered the world. Yes, because of all that, let's live each day to the full, ever true to God in every way. Did I hear you say amen? Indeed, amen.